0: Hi guys, welcome back to The Hangout. It's Sid, and if you love music as much as I do, well, this is the perfect podcast for you. Today, I'm so excited. We've got a talented bassist from Toronto, and if you've been to a Shawn Mendes concert or any of his shows, you've probably seen him jamming on stage left. We've got Dave Haskett on today's episode of The Hangout. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how's it going? Props, props for getting the stage left stage right thing correct because that's always confusing even to me yeah <laughs>
0: is it is, is there a reason why like the bassist is always on the stage left
1: i don't know are are they
0: i don't know <laughs> I, have, I don't know i feel like i've gone to like a sean show you're always on the left
1: that's true i think well i don't i'm not sure if it's stage left specifically but bass players always like tend to get paired up with the drummer because mm. you know we're best friends musically and in real life. So
0: is there a reason with that? Like, I'm not super into like the bass world. So I don't know, you want to educate me on that?
1: (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like the bass and drums sort of have a pretty special uh, relationship in a band, I guess, in terms of sort of just laying the foundation, like of the groove, Um, like bass players really lock in with like, with what the kick drum is doing um, and sort of fi- fit, fit into the, the pattern of, of whatever the drums are playing. I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this, but basically like, obviously everybody needs to listen to the drummer, of course, but I feel like bass players and drummers sort of have like this thing, like we'll be playing the same, I'll be playing the same thing on the bass that the drummer's playing on his kick drum. So it's important for us to be able to like, you know, look at each other and also, you know, hear each other really well to sort of lock in in that way.
0: With the relationship with your drummer, Mike was telling me that when you guys were doing quarantine and everything, traveling this time around, you guys were spending way too much time together, maybe more time than you wanted together, and you learned a whole <laughs> bunch of things. You mentioned that you have a thing for peppermint tea in the evenings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: What, what sort of things have you learned about your band members, maybe that you didn't know before after spending so much time with them?
1: Wow, okay. Um, are they going to listen to this? Are they going to be upset? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> That's up to them. What have I learned about my band members? Um, I don't know, I can't, nothing comes to mind. Um, Mike is also, he's an excellent cook. Mike was the sort of like the, uh, the steak guy when we were, yeah, I've, he probably told you about this. We were all living together in this house in LA for like a month um, and we were, which is not usual. Usually we stay in a hotel and like we each have our own room. So we kind of get our, our time and our space. But we were, it, because of the quarantine situation, we were in this super tight bubble. So the idea was we weren't staying in a hotel, we were staying at an Airbnb in this big house. So yeah, the four of us were like roommates for a month and we weren't allowed to leave the house. Like, it's not like we could go out and go to like a restaurant cause like that's not even really an option nor would I want to. So it's, yeah, we were, we, it, was, it was really close quarters for a long time. Um, Yeah, so Mike was the steak guy. Mike cooked some (laughs) delicious steaks for us. Um, What else? Zubin just like stays up all night and is on his laptop and is constantly working. Uh, And Eddie just practices piano and is, you know, the the only one who's like actually working hard when the rest of us are like relaxing.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um,
0: How has it been for you kind of adjusting to the COVID lifestyle? Because you guys have been on the road for like five, six years straight now. And so having all this time alone, how is that? How have you been adjusting to it all?
1: Well, I, I'm definitely adjusted now because it's, it's been quite a while. Um, the, the the process of it, of course, was weird. I mean, yeah, like you said, we just, we spent so, so, so much time away from home and then all of, it, all of a sudden it's like, you're home and you're not going anywhere um, apart from you know that we did go out to LA last year um, a bit. But other than that, it's, it's obviously been pretty quiet so um I mean it's it hasn't been too too hard for me um obviously, there are a lot of parts of it that I miss, um you know the traveling and and just hanging out with with the band and the crew and all those people who who are my really good friends um but also, I'm really sort of appreciating and enjoying the fact that I'm sort of stuck at home you know i I love being at home, of course, um and you know seeing family and everything like that so. You know, it's, it's, it hasn't been too bad for me. I'm, I'm sort of definitely trying to to see the silver lining and enjoy it because, I mean, I'm sure it's only going to be a matter of time before, uh, you know, we're back out there, so.
0: Totally. Have you been able to practice and keep your, like, um, keep your stamina with playing the bass over this time?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've let it slide here and there, <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, it, when there's no pressure to perform every night, or every couple nights, you know, playing bass has not always been top of mind for me, you know, I'll admit it over the last year, year and a half, whatever, however long it's been. But I'm, I'm trying to keep on top of, of music in general. Um, aside from just practicing bass, you know, I'm trying to sort of work on some other skills, like working, I'm trying to work a lot on like production uh, and mixing skills. And just, you know, sort of like working on my own music, like for fun. And, you know, just like Playing guitar and and singing and and trying to, just you know, continue trying to be a well-rounded musician. I guess
0: that's amazing. Um, yeah, what sort of instruments do you play? Like, I want to talk about your background um, and how you kind of got into bass.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now, I, my answer would be I play bass. <laughs> um, that's sort of the only thing that I do, you know, professionally. But I definitely dabble uh, in a bunch of stuff. I started off playing uh, tenor sax, actually when I was around 11 years old. I started taking lessons um, and I played sax for a, like quite a while, like 10, 11 years or something like that. Um, and I was, I was playing bass at the same time. So I, like, you know, I started sax when I was like 11 and then I started uh, electric bass when I was like 13. And I was kind of keeping up with both of them. And then eventually came to a point where I was going uh, to school. I was gonna go to Humber College here in Toronto for the music program. And I sort of had to make a a decision and I remember talking to my saxophone teacher actually um, and I was like you know like I really want to go to Humber like I, I want to do music like I know that this is like the thing that I'm I really want to do with my life and I was like but I, I just not I'm not sure if I should go with the sax or go with the bass and she was like well she's like you know bass players probably get a lot more gigs <laughs> and that turned out to be really good advice um so yeah at that at that point I sort of I sort of put down the the sax and it's uh I I mean I sold it like to a friend like it I I would not be able to to do anything on it now um but you know I mean I've got we got all kinds of instruments here at home so I I try to mess around I dabble on on keys and on guitar um stuff like that my wife's also a a really great uh singer she's she's like a vocal teacher so i'm i'm constantly like you know we're just constantly like singing around the house and like and like just messing around or whatever and she'll be like you know like you sh- like if you place it here like it's easier to get the pitch right <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, she, so she yeah she helps me out
0: <laughs> you guys actually met um an old band that you guys used to do flat rock is it
1: yeah that's right that's amazing um yeah uh well, well- sorry i mean to, just, to, just to clarify, we didn't. We actually didn't meet in the band. We met.
0: Okay.
1: We we both went to school. uh nice. We both went to Humber. Yeah, and we we met there. And then um, maybe while we were still students there, or maybe just after that, we 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 were in the band together.
0: That's so cool. What was it like getting to work on that project before any of the Shawn Mendes stuff?
1: It was great. It was it was amazing. It was one of the most fun and like fulfilling um, like original projects I've been a part of because my you know I was in it with my girlfriend my now wife Um, but also like the other two guys in the band were also like some of our best friends so it was it was just a hang you know it was just like good good times and the music was awesome and we really like you know spent countless hours just like (laughs) obsessing over like you know the details of the music, which is like what, which is what I love to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was great. It was really fun, and 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 we went on some some fun like you know van tours around Canada and stuff like that, and, and sort of uh, yeah, put in put in the hours, I guess, in a way. That's
0: amazing. Um, were you playing the upright bass during that time?
1: Or I was, was it yeah. Still not electric. Not not in that band. Uh, in that band, I always played electric bass, but I w- I was playing upright, um, you know, in other projects at the same time yeah I, pl- I played quite a lot of upright especially in my in my uh university days um and like sort of a few years after that now it's like kind of collecting dust but <laughs> what's
0: what's the like i guess learning process between the two because obviously the uprights up here and then your electrics down here is there yeah. a different sort of um strategy of playing
1: those two different very, instruments <clears throat> yeah very much so um i don't know how, how how in depth you want me to get here but basically like <laughs> They're set up exactly the same way. Like, you know, like the bass has frets, right? So you put your finger on the first fret and you get this note. And if you put your finger on the second fret, you get a different note, a Mm -hmm. semitone higher. So the upright is set up the exact same way, but it doesn't have frets. It's just like one smooth piece of wood. And you sort of need to know, you need to just like via muscle memory, uh, know where all those positions are. So if you want to play a C, you need to be like, okay, my finger goes like ear and just you need to sort of just put a lot of time um into into uh creating the muscle memory to be able to do that so it's it's more complicated than that way because you can run into a lot of uh tuning issues of course and then also the scale of it is really different so like you know the the first fret like the first position will be like this big and then the second one's only this big and then they can gotta Mm -hmm. gradually get smaller um yeah so it's like a whole thing it's like a really silly instrument in a lot of ways it's like it's so physically demanding and it's so like physically large that like also getting it anywhere is such a huge pain so what
0: was what was your initial um decision behind choosing the bass as your instrument
1: uh I think that I just I simply thought it was cool I just yeah I'm I'm I think I'm like one of the rarer bass players who was a bass player first not hmm. not like a guitar player who was who was forced into it Oh, that's no. that's the story you hear a lot is that like yeah. you know four friends form a band and two of them play guitar and then at some point they're like someone's got to play bass like you you're a worse guitar player you gotta do it <laughs> that's sort of like <laughs> the classic scenario but that I mean, didn't happen to me what, sorry
0: that's good on your end then
1: <laughs> I mean I guess either way it doesn't matter but um I just I think I was just really drawn to bass I don't know I really loved uh the chili peppers mm. um and I just loved Flea. Like everything about him I just thought was so cool especially the things that he was doing on the bass so he was like a huge influence for me and I don't know yeah I just I was I told my dad I was like I want to learn bass and he was like yeah I guess and he was cool enough to get me like a cheapo electric bass and amp uh for my birthday and uh yeah from there I just never stopped
0: that's amazing um can you talk a bit about the like audition process um for joining Sean's band and how that kind of all came together
1: sure yeah um so what happened, I got a phone call. This was in uh, June of 2015. I got a phone call uh, from Dan Cantor who um, at the time was Justin Bieber's musical director who now he does like Julia Michaels and like t- ton of stuff. He's amazing, a Canadian legend. <laughs> so he called me and he was like, hey, uh, this this was on, I think uh, it was like a, a Saturday or maybe a Monday. And he was like, "Hey, we need a bass player to play with Shawn Mendez at the MMBAs it's this Sunday do you want to like are you available and I was like <laughs> uh yeah like yeah sure I could do that <laughs> yeah man no problem and meanwhile like inside I'm like freaking out because I've never <laughs> I'd never played on tv I'd never done you know I'd never played with an artist sort of uh at that level before so this was all very new and very frightening to me but I was it's like I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, cool. I uh, Sure. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to go audition. So I cleared my schedule. I think I, I, at that time I was playing with like a bunch of different bands. I had like a, a good week, like I had like five gigs or something. So I, I cleared my schedule. I subbed out of all the gigs because he was like, you need to be available all week. Uh, so first I cleared my schedule to make sure that I could do it. And then, yeah, I went to the audition uh, and it was Dan and uh, Zubin uh, there in the room. And then me like showing up with my, little base case and (laughs) opening it up. I remember they made fun of me because I took out a a cloth and I like wiped down my base. Like I wiped sort of like whatever like dust or like sweat residue was on it. And they were kind of like, Oh, like (laughs) polishing it off. Like (laughs) as if that's going to help you. So, yeah. And then I don't know. I just, I had to learn a couple of Sean's tunes uh, and I played them for them and we talked a while and then they called me the next day and we're like, all right, cool. Like, we'll see you on Sunday. You're doing the MMBAs. So yeah, it was, it was a very, very exciting time for me.
0: What was it like? Cause the MMVAS for Canadians is kind of like a big deal. What was Absolutely. it like getting to be a part of that? Because yeah, like you said, you hadn't done TV before.
1: It was really cool. I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of really got thrown into the deep end. Um, I mean, some of the other guys in the band, uh, have been doing, uh these sort of artist gigs like for a while uh or they had been doing them for a while before doing the MV's with uh with Sean um so i don't know maybe they felt a little bit more prepared for it than i did but i i got thrown into the deep end i think a little bit <laughs> um and it was i don't know it was super super exciting um you know i remember just like being backstage and like seeing all these like you know all these like canadian celebs and i was like oh man like i'm i'm in here too and um, and then the performance is just like a blur. I I literally almost don't remember being on stage. I remember them lifting mm-hmm. up that um, there's like the big screen that like that hides everybody. That, and then they open it up. Yeah. And like Shawn Mendes, and then it you know it reveals the stage. And I just remember like looking at all the people there, and I was like, oh, oh boy.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was an awesome moment.
0: That's amazing. Um, do you find that like a lot of your experiences and memories being on the road are all kind of blurry because it happens? or it seems like it happened so fast?
1: That's that's an interesting question. I mean, not in every case. I mean, I definitely have some very distinct memories of, of certain shows and, and certain places and meals and whatever experiences, you know? But yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right. Like when you think about it, like I'm sure like 80% of it, I just don't remember.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> what do you think was one of like the most out of the body experiences for you in the past few years?
1: Um. The, the Rogers Center show, for sure. Yeah, That's that's got to be the one. That was, I mean, that was just the, you know, one of the greatest things I've ever done. Especially yeah. Like, musically, the greatest thing that I've ever done. Just playing that hometown show, like, in the stadium and, like, just the size of it and the, the way it felt was was extremely surreal. Yeah, I still... I still think about that.
0: Did you have like um, friends and family and like maybe old school teachers come and watch the show and tell you, <laughs> like I message wish, you?
1: <laughs> I wish I had some old school teachers. No, but yeah, like friends and family for sure, and just having you know those people there with you at that time is is the best.
0: What was it like getting to watch it all back? Because the Netflix, um, the live in concert dropped last November. Right. What was it like getting to kind of
1: relive all those memories? It was it was so good. It was so fun i mean i've watched it a couple of times i watched it with the band and then I, I watched it uh here at home too but like it was it was awesome and i was like very like i was very shamelessly like being like yeah like this is uh, like we sound sick like i look great like <laughs> I, oh yeah i played that you know what i mean like I i yeah. think i really just like let myself sort of just like soak it in and be like i just want to relive this moment and enjoy it so much because yeah, it's such, a, it's such a cool, like, uh, time capsule of, of that that moment.
0: It's crazy. I was watching back at all of it, and I was like, whoa, there's so many people in this stadium. Like, it doesn't seem normal anymore for that right. to even be a thing. Like, well, I, don't know when, sure, yeah. I don't know when everything's going to go back to normal, but um, we all definitely want to go back to that sort of lifestyle eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you did a tech um, rundown with uh, gear rundown for, like, setting up your whole entire tech setup. How did you self-teach yourself that? Is it by trial and error? How did you learn all of those specific, like setups and tech tools and equipment?
1: Well, the truth is, if I was left by myself to set up all my gear, I would screw it up. I would oh, know. To, I wouldn't know how to do it because it's really complicated, and we have uh, some really amazing techs who sort of handle that world mm-hmm. on our behalf. So you know, I, I mean, I understand how the rig works and it is, it, it is pretty complicated. I mean, especially a lot more so than what I had five years ago, but yeah, I, I wouldn't know how to, I wouldn't know how to set it up by myself. Um, but there are people who do, and they do like the best job. We have like amazing, amazing crew working with us. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really like privileged in that way that I, I'm at the point where I don't have to know how to set up my pedal board. (laughs) That's definitely a, that's a huge, like musician, like win. nice (laughs) yeah
0: um also while on tour you are you playing the synth at the same time is that what the keyboard on the side yeah so you can like dabbling with multi um instruments what's that sort of like
1: uh it's really fun for me it's great um you know yeah what i'm doing is is basically like just playing synth bass so i'm not playing anything that like our keyboard player eddie would play all the sort of you know high uh, piano and and synth kind of stuff um and what i'm doing is like bass parts but on the, the on the keyboard so yeah i mean i think it's really fun it like feels really satisfying to just like press a button and it's like and like fill the entire arena with like rich beautiful yes yeah. um so i really i really like it um yeah it's it's something that i've 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 put quite a bit of work into over the past couple of years to make sure that i can do that at like you know, a high level on stage. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really cool, it's been a really cool thing to sort of add into the mix, I think.
0: Um, what does your day-to-day sort of look like when you're on the road?
1: Well, you know, it depends. Like, I mean, if it's a show day, um, the main, the main, like, uh, besides the show itself, the main big thing for us is, is probably like check. So we'll get an hour, or hour and a half, whatever, to, to go on stage and just sort of get a feel for the room um, and like how things sound. Because although we are on, uh, in-ear monitors. Um, the The goal is for it to sound exactly the same every day uh, on these things, which it does because they have the same the same mix and stuff like that. But like the room can actually make a big difference. Like depending on the size of the room, because you're you're sh- you're still hearing all that ambient noise like through the microphones. You know, getting getting comfortable with the feeling and the sound of the room is like a big part of the day, I guess, for us. Uh, and making sure that we're you know we're just comfortable and we can like play to the best of our ability and especially for Sean, because like singing, like is such a particular thing um, in terms of like being comfortable with where your vocals sitting in the mix and, and the room ambience and stuff like that. That doesn't answer your question at all. I just started talking about room ambience. You asked about a day to day. So, but, but yeah, I mean like, I don't know like, like soundcheck is a big one. Uh, and then, you know, a good part of the day is also just sort of making sure that we are, you know mentally and physically happy and, and ready for the show. So I like to like do some exercise, you know Eat, eat some, eat some good food, have a couple coffees, just like make sure I'm make sure I'm like in good shape.
0: Nice. At the beginning of a show, the crowd goes wild. The lights go down. What's running through your head right before everything hits?
1: Does my hair look good? <laughs> is my gear, is my gear going to like malfunction? Did I go to the bathroom before the show? Am I going to have to go to the bathroom during the show? Like probably like, Honestly, probably silly stuff like that. Yeah, not not like big picture things. Like, let's have a killing show, which is what I probably (laughs) should be. (laughs) But no, but 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 I'm I'm kind of joking. But also, like you know, I do I do try to get into that mindset of like just like take a deep breath, be like, okay, there's a lot of people here, like it's all good. Just gotta like just gotta do the job. Make it make it musical. That's always what I'm trying to think, especially you know in a year like 2019 where we played uh 100 and 105 uh, shows the same show over and over and over um, there's there's always the risk of going into sort of uh, autopilot um, mm. because you know it comes to the point where you get to show 83 that you could just pl- like you could just play it with your eyes closed and you, like you don't even have to think about the notes that you're playing on your instrument anymore mm-hmm. because it's so it's so second nature so I think I think that the one thing that I try to think about is just making it musical. So like, don't just play the notes, but like really think about playing everything uh, as musically as possible and gel, gel with your bandmates and try to just make it feel great. So Mm. that's, that's what I try to think about.
0: Do you still get nervous when you're on stage? Does that still happen?
1: It does sometimes. Um, It, it kind of depends. It depends on the, uh, it depends on the situation. I think the thing that makes me the most nervous is live TV. Mm. Like SNL, for example, is super nerve wracking because you're like, I don't know how many people watch SNL, maybe millions, um, well. <laughs> and it and it'll sort of it sort of becomes um, you know it becomes permanent because those that performance is then gonna be on YouTube and and on on whatever like immortalized a little bit in a way anyone can go back and cool. watch it but you only get one shot so it's like you can't screw it up.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about the Wonder Era. I guess last year you guys weren't able to tour as much as like you guys probably would want to. What was it like kind of performing for? no crowd and just like having that residency show and everything
1: uh it was interesting but I mean in a way it wasn't it wasn't too too different from doing some of the promo stuff that we'd done before I Mm. mean like it didn't feel like we were playing a show as much as it felt like we were doing like a video shoot you know what I mean Mm. like there were there were like you know there were there were like. 30 people there just operating cameras, like the camera setup was like insane. There were cranes and like this one on like a big track and like all, all kinds of wild stuff. So so it didn't feel so much like a gig, like here's, you're on stage and here's the audience. It was more so like, this is like a self-contained shoot and we're gonna get some great uh, takes of, of these couple songs. So in that way, it wasn't, it wasn't too different from some things that we've done. But I mean, of course we all, really want to just be on the stage playing the songs for for thousands of people that's that's always the the most rewarding thing so I I wish that we had been able to do that uh and of of course we will when the time comes but uh yeah I think we all I think we all missed that element of, of it quite a bit
0: what songs are you sort of looking forward to performing live again once I guess everything goes back to normal
1: um I'm trying to I'm trying to think of of new ones uh I really like playing uh you know Uh, always been you Uh, call my friends is like one of my favorite ones from the new album. So I really hope that makes it into the set. Um, And then, you know, some of the old, like classic ones, like playing like treat you better is like, is so fun. And like, no matter how many times we've done it, I always want to, I always want to just do it again.
0: (laughs) Is that the one song that when you're like on tour, you like always jam out to no matter what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, That one particular taste has always been super fun for me um i haven't thought about this in a while you know they all I, I don't know they're all they're all wonderful in their own in their own ways of course
0: that's amazing um i always end off the podcast with an open discussion about how music sort of impacts you in your own personal way how do you think music has kind of changed your life or influenced it in its own way
1: wow um
0: it's not an easy question you gotta it's a- <laughs>
1: it's a big question that's like that's like a life like a philosophical question
0: (laughs) it is it's open discussion go for it
1: (laughs) I don't know it's hard to imagine my life without it you know it's like it's uh, it's sort of just in a way it's what I kind of think about all day like 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 what I was saying before like me and my wife are like just like singing silly songs around the house about anything like about the dinner we're cooking like we'll just make up like stupid songs and sing and then we'll like harmonize and like look at each other and be like ah like (laughs) <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Like, that was a good, like, you know, it's su- super silly, but also like, it's, it is music. Like I do, th- I do think of it that way. Um, and it's, I, it's always, it's just sort of always in my mind. I'm always sort of thinking about, about music or, or listening or, or trying to create music. So I don't know. It's kind of, it's a big, I guess it's a really big thing for me, but it's also been that way for so long that <clears throat> I don't, I don't feel, think about it too much and I also can't imagine not having that in my life you know what I mean
0: yeah do you think it has ever gotten you through like super tough times have you have you used it as like um an emotional vehicle in that sense
1: yeah of course I mean you know listening to to a certain song when you're in a certain mood I mean I think everybody kind of does that right it's like it can really it can really take you up or it can bring you down when you need to come down or it can just sort of helped you help you reflect maybe if you need to reflect yeah I mean definitely there's that and and playing too I mean can just be so sort of therapeutic and relaxing and and can really you can just like turn off everything else and just sort of just sort of get in that zone that's that's how it is for me
0: totally and you mentioned that you were creating some music do you think you feel or like you take away different things from music when you're creating it versus when you're performing it or just playing it
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, it's 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 a fully different, um, it's a fully different experience, and when you're creating, you get to slow everything down and just Mm. focus on like one tiny detail, you know, for as long as you want, (laughs) as long as you've got the time. It's like I'll spend an hour just like working on like one tiny little section or like thinking about how how one chord progression should go or whatever. And I guess I guess that for me, there's something. sort of meditative about that or it's sort of just it's so engrossing that I can I can just get lost in it um, which you know feels really good Um, whereas performing is different I mean it's like you know you're sort of you're going from point A to point B and that's it you get one shot and 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 you you got to do it you do it one way and then that it's it's in the past so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I I think I, I get pretty different things out of those out of those two things
0: that's so cool Okay, I'll wrap it up with one question. What are your top three songs at the moment or songs that have gotten you through moments?
1: Oh, man, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. That's cool. But like, I that's, that's always the question that gets me. I was, I was talking to my, my wife just before I started recording this. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm ready to, to do this podcast. And I was like, you know, what question always trips me out is what are you listening to right now? And then I thought about it and I didn't even think of a good answer because I I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but as soon as I get asked that, I just blank. Um, But that's like a totally legit, legit query. Uh, What am I listening to? I, I got really, really into, um, I I don't know if I can give you a top three specific songs. I'm sorry, but I got really into um, just like old, like seventies stuff over the past couple of weeks, like, um, like Carole King tapestry. I don't know if you've heard that album, but it's, it's just like, so, incredible top to bottom it's like one of those classics um and like i don't know crosby stills nash and young um like just old old good good old like 70s like kind of like rock and and uh and folk and and stuff like that so i i was listening to a lot of that um what else i was i was listening i listened to like that new um bruno mars anderson pack song have you checked that out
0: i haven't yet i keep seeing it i've got to check it out after
1: this yeah, there's a lot of hype for sure. I mean, that's, for me, those two guys are just like some of the greatest artists around right now. I just think that musically, they're just like so on a level. That's amazing. So I was so excited when I saw that they were collaborating together. Um, so yeah, other than that, I, I can't think of anything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you asked Mike. I'm sorry I wasn't prepared for that question. And even though I like consciously thought about it. <laughs>
0: That's all right. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming and chatting on the show. Um, That was Dave Haskett on the Hangout.